Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Friday, December 23rd, 2016, and this is The Ride. What up my fellow riders? It's been a while. And uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking lately as I have been off work, unemployed, enjoying my little bit of respite and enjoying my time with my family. And you know, I think the last time I talked to you, I might have just been released from that latest job of mine and uh, wasn't really sure what was going to go on. Well, I'm still not 100% sure. I've had a lot of interviews. I've had a lot of time to think about the direction I want to go in my life and career. I'm still kind of on the hunt, you know. I've got a couple things that are in the oven at various stages of completion, if you will. We shall see, we shall see. But uh, one thing I wanted to encourage you, if you're in the season like I'm in, and you're in the middle of something but you really want to be out of it. I think one of the last podcasts I did was talking about the mountains that we face and how as long as we're walking with the Lord, we can, every step we take, we actually scale that mountain. By that action on our part with the Lord, that mountain isn't a mountain anymore. And I got into a little bit of a state of worry at the start of this thing. And it was more worry about the unknown. You know, we tend to worry a lot about things that we don't fully understand. And I'm constantly telling my kids that, you know, that worry, in the Word of God, that worry isn't doing you any good. It's kind of like a faith, but in the wrong thing. Well, I want to have faith in the right thing. And by its nature, faith is having eyes for something that you don't really see. And I I don't even know how to have faith for my next step because I don't even know what it is. I mean, it'd be one thing if I knew exactly what I wanted to do next. Like I did when I was a teenager, I knew what I wanted to do. I, I knew I wanted to go to college to learn about computer science and programming and all that business. That's what I knew I wanted to do. And because of that, I knew what I wanted to do right after that. But I've done this for 25 years plus, and I might be at a point where I'm looking for a different angle, but I'm still not 100% sure. I could go the safe route, or I could go maybe the, the little bit more road of unknown, the unknown road. But one thing I've really felt like the Lord spoke to me early on in this time is that worrying doesn't do you one doggone thing. I think what it tends to do is it tends to keep our mind focused on the problem when I want to be focused on the solution. Well, what's the solution? Well, in my case, I think part of the solution is understanding where I want to be. I mean, I got to know kind of where I want to be and then make steps to get there. I'm not even sure I know where I want to be yet. I I guess I should feel really lucky and blessed that that the Lord has provided for us in this time in a way that I can really seek him and maybe find that out with a clear head. I think that's 
part of that has just been, you know, diligence over the years, saving so that I have a little bit uh, cushion here so I don't have to just lose my mind. I can actually focus my mind. Not everybody's in that position, I realize. My encouragement to you today, no matter what situation you're in, you must be grounded in the Word of God and you must spend time with our Heavenly Father hearing the direction. Because this is the thing I was going to say. It doesn't do me any good for me to set my own agenda and me to find my own destination that I want to do. If I say that I'm a believer and I say that I believe the Lord has a calling on each and every one of our lives, then don't you think we best find out what that is and then align with that so that he can bless those steps so that our direction is where it needs to be. And I've said this over and over and over, and I really, truly, truly believe it. The will of God for your life isn't going to contradict who you are as long as you let who you are be the spirit, born-again person who God meant you to be. But if you choose to fall into the old habits you know, the sinful habits, the the fleshly habits, and then decide that, well, no, that's who I am, then it will be really hard to find the direction you are to take. You know, that's what the double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, is talking about. This can't really be done unless you're focused, and you can't be focused unless you're stable, and that stability is seeking the will of the Lord for your life. I don't think I can stress this enough it will be what fulfills you, which is an encouragement because, you know what, if I don't know what it is yet fully, that means that there's a surprise coming. That means that I don't even know my potential because I believe God has blessing for those who follow him and seek him. That's what the word of God says. If I don't know that path, then that means I haven't fully understood the fullness of it. And if I don't understand the fullness of it, I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. But what must we do? We must align our will with God's will. I want to be pleasantly surprised. I was listening to Stephen Furtick today. He was talking about, from Elevation Church, he was talking about, I think you can have all the effort you want to do, to get through, to make happen what needs to happen, all those things. All the effort. You can be 100% effort, but if your direction is off, you're going to find that you end up at the wrong destination. I guess I'm kind of thinking that this particular point in my life is a direction-finding time. You know, when you are, I haven't done this, so I'm kind of guessing, but when you are hiking and you are trekking through unfamiliar territory, you really want to have a compass, and it would be really good if you had a map. The compass helps you direct wherever you're at toward a standard direction, a known direction. And then the map helps you find out where you are. Well, the Word of God is kind of both, in that the Lord speaks through His Word There is life in the Word of God. So in a sense, our Lord is there. And He is that 
guiding star, if you will, the North Star, the, the one that doesn't change. But the Word of God is our map in a sense that it shows us where we've missed it, where we need to focus more energy. I've been working with my son lately. It's been really good and been really challenging at times because he's wanting certain things in his life for the, his future. For part of that to happen, he's got to step up his game with school. And guess what? I get to be the authority, teacher, administrator in one of his classes. So I get the highly enviable job of laying it on the line and saying, these are the things you must do. And I actually like doing that. Do I like getting in his face and challenging him? Secretly, I'm whispering to you, yes, I do. Does he like it? No, he doesn't. Part of me hurts when he hurts. That's just the nature of a dad. But also, part of me knows that in order for him to succeed, he's got to go through some hurt things to get out through the other side having learned something. Because if he doesn't go through the pain of a situation, you know, learning new concepts in physics or whatever it happens to be, if he doesn't go through the pain of those things, he won't learn. And, and I know that he needs to know some of these things in order to be successful later on. I know it. He might not know it. Okay, so the parallel in our lives is God knows it. God knows you've got to learn a few things that you're learning right now, things that are maybe not pleasant, and you're having to go through them. And God knows it, but you might not see that you need to learn this thing. Oh, I'm preaching. Part of my job in this whole process with my son is to constantly remind him, I am doing this because I love you. I know you think that I don't. I know you think that things would be easier if I didn't challenge you on these issues. But I know otherwise. You're going to have to trust me as the authority here that I know a little bit more about the situation than you do. Isn't it funny how the kids these days, they've got the internet. They've got the answers quicker than we can get the answers, you know, because they know the technology. So in a sense, they think they know more than us. I'm just kind of generalizing here. I know that's a big, broad brush. But I think the generation, in a sense, thinks that. Because in many ways, the things that are today, now, important, the technology, the social media, all these things, they're really handy with. And they they learned it. They figured it out. You know, they only need a half of a weekend to figure out their phone. And we're still working on understanding how to take a doggone picture. Well, maybe not that bad, but you know what I'm saying. And because of that, they really see themselves, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my kids, especially my son. He looks at himself as, I got, I got the knowledge. You know, once upon a time, Dad knew a lot more than me, but it looks to me like I'm, I'm learning a lot more than him. And therefore, anything he says to me is probably not as good as what I know. And that would be a big mistake. If you're a teenager listening to this, please don't make that mistake. It may be true that your parents don't know the latest technology or the latest entertainment gossip or who's, the, who's got the most followers on YouTube and you know their channel, whatever. They might not know that stuff, but 
the things they know are things that go beyond the current culture. Hey, your folks are counterculture. If you're smart, you will try to learn from many sources, not just what you're hearing today. I guess I'm speaking to the teens right now and the and the college age. There is a lot of wisdom in those who have gone before you. Dare I say, one of the things that I feel like I've become really good at is admitting when I don't know an answer. That takes maturity to do that, parents. And it would be a good idea if you are not in the habit of doing that to start to become at ease with letting your kids know that there are times that you miss it and letting them know. I believe they will respect you all the more for that. But as a parent, you're, you have a job. You've got a job to do. You're a parent. And it's to raise up that next generation. And there are things that you know. Now, that's what I was, that's what I was meaning to get to. As a mature individual, it shows me that you're mature when you're able to sh- say, you know what, I'm wrong about this. I need to learn more about it. Uh, can you tell me more about it? Uh, you know, or, or point me in the right direction? That is a sign of maturity. Teenagers, you're going to show me that you are responsible and maturing if you're able to do that too. I know, I know, I know it's going to be difficult. I was a teenager once. Talked to my mom and she'll tell you that was a pistol at times. And I knew the right way to do things and I didn't think she had the right knowledge. Well, mom, I'm sure you know this by now, but you know, I made some mistakes And teens, I want you to be really wide open to the fact that you don't know all the answers. And so now I'm speaking to the adults. Because in your situation, God is the parent. You are not in the driver's seat. God is the one who knows your tomorrow. God is the one whose will we should try to align with. In fact, it's His will that we must align with. That's why we're to pray that his will be done on earth in our situation that we happen to be going through as it is in heaven. That's how we're to pray. So back to the original issue. I'm going through something and you're going through something. It's called life and it's not fair. It just isn't. We're on a we're on a planet that is driven by spiritual laws that have been put in place that uh cause us to ask why are the you know why are bad people getting the good deal and how come good people are getting a bad deal at times you know what I mean I don't know the answer to that question all I know is that for me in my house we're going to serve the Lord we're not going to fully understand everything about that but we're going to do our best and you know what that's all God's asking us to do I'm fully convinced that through this situation I'm going through and the situation that you're going through, that if you stay focused on the main thing and keeping the main thing the main thing, you're going to make it through. I think you're going to be surprised when you come out the other side. And you might actually get some confirmation. I'd like to pray right now 
Lord, I pray that everyone going through this thing, when they come out the other side, you will give them some kind of confirmation that just shows them how much you were with them through it because of the things that they learned and how important those things were for the next step. I pray that there be this this confirmation. If we look back at our lives, at other things we've gone through and made it through, I think many times I can see God's hand in what he was teaching me during that season. I, I believe for that for you. And I think that helps... If you recognize that each time, uh, it helps us when we go through the next one. Because our life is full of these things, okay, if you haven't figured that out. Forrest would tell you that life's a box of chocolates. Well, that would be great. But he said, but you never know what you're going to get. Because sometimes you might get this thing that looks great and sweet on the outside, but it's not what you want. It's coconut! I have a thing against coconut. It just it just is not. I love the flavor, but don't give me that texture. I got interrupted there a minute. Uh, one thing I wanted to say before I uh, close for the day. You know, when I'm talking to my son, I'm wanting to constantly remind him why, why he's having to go through what he's having to go through. I, I have to tell him that often. And I understand. I, I truly understand because his his level of maturity isn't at the point where he can fully understand everything I'm doing. So, in a sense, I can't fault him for not understanding because he's not there yet. You know what I'm saying? Yet, because I am confronting him at times, he really gets on his own case. I mean, he really gets upset with himself. Like, why can't I get this? And I have to tell him, oh, look, I understand why you you don't get this. I'm not talking about, um, you know, the actual school stuff. He's more like, you know, the, the bigger concept. Why can't, why can't I do the right thing? Why can't I approach what you're doing with me, Dad, in the right way? That kind of thing. Like, why do I always make these same mistakes? Why do I always fight you? Although he probably doesn't, he's not able to put them into those words, but it's kind of like that. You know, why am I always fighting you? And I understand. I understand because it's almost in his nature to fight. And isn't it in our nature to fight against discipline, really, a disciplined life? It is against our human nature to live according to the will of God. It should be no surprise. But but sometimes we get on our own case so bad, just like my son, that we get on our case so bad that we can get into depression almost. Like why can I never why can I never measure up? Well you can't. You cannot measure up to to perfection, to God's perfection. But he didn't ask us to measure up to God's perfection. He didn't. We make mistakes, and we will always make mistakes. But Christ measured up to God's standard. And if you believe in Christ and you let him be the sacrifice for your mistakes, if you let him be Christ, the anointed one, 
the anointed one that was a gift, a salvation gift for you, if you will let him be that, it takes a lot of pressure off you and it takes a lot of worry out of the equation. If you just let him be God, Christ. You know, we're two days away from Christmas and many of us are going through stuff because life has stuff that we go through. We're going through stuff. And we, many of us, will likely go to some kind of a service celebrating the birth of Christ. And most churches will focus on, you know, that first Christmas, the the baby Jesus. And if they do their job right, they will portray that Christ was a gift from on high for us. And it was much more than just sharing the joy and the love of God with humanity. It was bringing Christ to earth so that he could live a sinless life, so that he could ultimately pay the price for the sin that we seem to be falling into all the time because of our natural state. But Christ was the gift. And so as I close today, I want us to remember this. You need to approach Christmas in a way that, I don't know, gives God the honor that he intended. Christmas isn't a time just for um, tradition and and songs that make us feel good about our fellow man and and wanting to be gift-giving and giving individuals. Of course, there's nothing wrong with any of that. But that's not the intent. And let's not forget the intent. The intent was God wanted you out of the pit that you and I are in. He wanted us to be saved out of that miry clay. And he wanted us to know, just like I'm letting my son know often, that even though we don't get it, we don't fully understand everything. We don't have to understand everything. We need to trust him. We need to trust our Lord. And we need to not keep banging our heads against the wall when we fail. It saddens me when I see people do that, as though that's going to help them learn. But I'm seeing maturity in my son, and I like to believe that there's maturity in your life as you mature in Christ, that we do that less often. And dare I say, if you find yourself doing the same things in your, in your walk with the Lord that you were doing last year or that you were doing five years ago, it might be time to take stock of what it is you're really believing that Jesus did on the cross for you. He didn't do it so we could sell a lot of pewter crosses at the jewelry stores. He did it to set you free. Lord, today as we close, I want to thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to this planet to be the sin sacrifice, the one way, the only way to you so that when you see us, you see us through the finished work of your son, Jesus Christ. And we don't need to bang our heads against the wall and say, why do I keep messing up? Why do I keep messing up? We don't have to live that way. But we need to keep reaching out to what Christ has done for us, no matter what mistakes we might make along the way. 
Lord, I know that you have blessing for us, and I know that you have grace over us, and you have provided for us. And really, I pray that everyone who is hearing this, that the will of the Lord for their life will become clearer and clearer as they stay in your word and live in faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, that's a good word, everybody. As you go into the Christmas season, remember those words and see if I'm lying to you. You look it up in the Word of God. See if I said anything that doesn't quite align with Scripture and you let me know, okay? Because I need to be reminded. And I'm not going to bang my head against the wall if I miss it. I'm going to just keep on keeping on. So you stay in that Word. You live in peace. Pray for those who persecute you. And remember, when you uh, look at that Christmas tree this year, or you look at that nativity scene, or you go to that church and see that beautiful choir with all the shiny bells and tinsel and all those pretty things, those are all nice. But the reality is, this is all important because of what Christ did on the cross. And it might not have been as pretty of a sight, but it was the gift that God gave us. Don't ever forget that. Step into the will of the Father and find your destiny. And I will catch you on the flip.